Hello and welcome to another Dispatch from G.I. Joburg, your weekly dose of three South Africans talking about their favorite toy line, the best toy line in the world, the G.I. Joe toy line. My name is Steve, I've got two buddies with me, lifelong friends. The first of them is Paul. Hey <laughs> everybody. <laughs> and the second of them is Rob. Hey hey everybody, how's it going? <laughs> And that's not exactly in chronological order. I mean, obviously, no. I met you first, Roberts, and Paul was it's the true. interloper. Mm. Yes, mm. I love being called an interloper. Please, do it he again. He loped right in, in there. <laughs> but you're I both a, right in. a joint first place in my heart. Aww. <laughs> Likewise. Anyway, <laughs> um, happy long weekend. Uh, hopefully you had one. And happy Easter, if you observe it. It's been yeah, Easter this past weekend. Um, did anyone get some eggs? Uh, as in, like ones that I bought for myself. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I bought some Easter eggies yeah. and some hot. I'm not talking about your girlfriend ovulating, dude. No, man. Like, no, but I didn't get any like Easter eggs specifically. You know, like. You know, yeah. I I, I didn't weird, have but... any Easter eggs, but we had. Um, it was my. It was actually today, the seventeenth. Well, in still mm -hmm. in South Africa is my mother's birthday. And Happy she decided, strangely enough, Mrs. Lemma. <laughs> that she would, she would like to make lunch for us and, and make food that we would want to have. Um, and I was just like, okay, that, that sounds good. I'll have a steak. I want a hot dog. <laughs> hot dog. <laughs> I How long has it been, Rob? Oh, God, I can't even remember. It's been at least three or four years, I think, since I had a steak. Oh, she God. made an oh, amazing rump steak. I, have, I, I just, where do I eat steak? We, we don't eat steak at home. My grand, you know, we, we microwave our meals and that's it. There's no microwave <laughs> steaks as far as I know. <laughs> You're going to start growing tentacles, well, dude. You have <laughs> been offered. People have been like, can we send you a steak somehow? Like, is there a way of my USing a steak to you, Rob? But yes, I'm glad you <laughs> finally broke steaks. your fast, man. That's, Hell that's yeah, very dude. Festive. It was absolutely amazing. Roast potatoes, um, there was beans, there was a mm. butternut. It was, it was a fantastic... Easter slash mother's birthday lunch. Um, and yeah, we had a really good time. It was nice to hang out with them. Uh, I spoke with my uncle in, in, in Johannesburg in <laughs> New Zealand, a little bit further away. Um, <laughs> just a little bit. Um, yeah, so overall, it was a, I think it was a good Easter weekend. I had a couple of Easter eggs, not too many. Um, but I'm hoping once the sale goes down, I'm going to get a whole bunch. Discounted <laughs> <laughs> like, Easter eggs. Yep. <laughs> On an aside, mm -hmm. I actually read a news article, uh, it was on f Thursday, that said um, that you are too late if you wish to get Easter eggs, because all of the marshmallow Easter eggs, which we are uh, in South Africa are very familiar with, have sold out. Um, the beacon ones are sold out. Everybody is like pretty much sold out. And, and if you're lucky, you might be able to find the Cadbury's ones. So in, that's actually uh, a thing, because my, my mother was like, she couldn't find them. Yeah, I thought it was were... just like an issue, like she just wasn't looking hard enough. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I mean, that's what you expect from parents. But no, seriously, it's it's like, it's a thing, right? Because here's the here's the whole thing. Last year in 2021, they actually had overstock. They had produced too many eggs. And, oh, and... there was tons, dude. I think I bought at least three boxes of that stuff last yeah, year. Yeah, and exactly right. And due to the pandemic and people not going shopping in like these family units, you know, most people. Um, they they re they reckon that because the kids weren't with them, they weren't like you know press ganged into buying Easter eggs, so they didn't do well last year. So they actually produced lower numbers this year, and that's the problem. Uh, 
Uh, supply and demand. Well, I don't think I don't think marshmallow Easter eggs are quite as big in Australia, for whatever reason. So. Like, yeah, it, maybe it's a South African thing. Maybe it's just not an Australian thing. But they haven't been as ubiquitous here as they are back home. Like, I just remember that being. Well, it's cheap and cheerful, and they come in a strip. It's basically yeah. like a, a lump or a of box marshmallow. Of <laughs> that too, cheap as. Yeah, man. I. I haven't had those in ages. They're so crappy, but they're so good. It they feels so South African, actually, now that you, you say that apparently it's not available anywhere else. So it's, yeah. it's obviously yeah. a South African they, tradition. They even emulate the yolk, which always kind of like grossed me out as a child. Like, <laughs> you got this marshmallow, this two-tone marshmallow with a yellow like inner core. Weird, man. Did you Anyways, guys ever used to bloody Easter egg talk? <laughs> well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask. Like, did you guys ever peel off the chocolate and then peel off the white stuff? And oh yeah, I, 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 I always did that. Yeah, I used to. Yeah, layers. Yeah. Eat layers. yeah. Layers. It what great. did you throw the yolk away, Paul? <laughs> no, I ate it. I love, I love it's the worst yolk, part. Actually. The yolk. No, it's the best part of the egg. Um, oh, bizarre. But... Thanks for the reminder, Rob. I mean, Easter hasn't played a role for me in the past two years, but this year. Thanks to my parents being here, we did the whole nine yards, man. The Sunday roast, plus oh, Easter fantastic. eggs, decorating the table. It was Elliot's first Easter. He was very festive. He had some Easter bunny ears. Oh. Um, <laughs> lovely, lovely stuff. Uh, but I'm still in the pool room because um, even though my parents leave today, my sister arrives on Friday. So I can't <laughs> move back into the spare room. So yeah, roughing it mm. for another two weeks. Oh, nice mm. one. But it's been a hell of a weekend. We made a break for my parents last weekend here to the island just across the bay. It's a 20-minute ferry ride. And my goodness, it's another world. Like magnetic the beach, island. Magnetic island. Or the beaches island. in Townsville oh, yeah, yeah. are, I mean, to be fair, that they're pretty poor in all the <laughs> ways that I rate a beach. Like, it's pretty and it's the amenities are great. They're playgrounds like every couple of hundred meters um and coffee shops and ice creams and restaurants and whatnot all those things are there but the beach itself cuck <laughs> the sand <laughs> is cuck the water's cuck like it's just and it's full of stingers man like you can't yeah. swim without being in like oh, a kind of a netted fish? yeah stingers yeah. mate stingers. um you can't swim without a netted enclosure so Stingies. that's that's no fun but across the bay it's tropical paradise with crystal clear water, uh, beautiful sand, no nets. Well, some nets, but like most of these bays are pretty enclosed with strong currents on the outside of them. So we're assured that we can't get <laughs> jellyfish stings. But I saw a few people in their stinger suits, which is always disconcerting. It's like basically a giant body condom that covers your head to <laughs> Woohoo, have fun, kids. Not only are you protected against UV, but like um, protected against ever looking cool in your swimsuit ever again. <laughs> <laughs> That's why everyone just ends up sitting in the restaurants next to the beach and looking at them because they really oh. don't wear those condoms. Well, another reason why you sit at the restaurant looking at the beach is because like you put it in an order for like a meal, uh, you might get it two hours later. So you're just you're just trapped, man. You're trapped there, knocking back beers. What a tough gig! Oof. And Sounds I mean, terrible. I might as well mention it while it's uh, while it's germane. Uh, this weekend, in terms of new shit, I got me a Deep Six version no three. I'm gonna say Eco Warriors Deep Six. 
and he nice. accompanied me on my island sojourn. I saw that on the Instagram, actually. Oh, he's yeah. definitely safe against and stingers. I couldn't resist uh, commenting, so... <laughs> Sipping a beer down by... Well, this is just off the beach. This is like a little resort. But anyways, oh, what a tough life I have, guys. Jeez. <laughs> 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 so, rough, so difficult. I, I don't know how you manage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, criminals. The topic <laughs> of this podcast is something that I think you came up with, Paul. You wanted to discuss toys that found their way into your collection that you were kind of lukewarm about. And in the time since getting it to now, you have learned to love, like, not just like, these are like excellent love. toys. Yeah. And yeah, that got the wheels spinning in my head, man, because it's not something that's immediately apparent to me, because the things that I dislike, I still dislike, and they be begrudgingly sit in my collection, and the things that I love, <laughs> I, I always loved, even when I only loved them on pictures on the internet. I was like, wow, that looks incredible, and then you get it, and you're like, wow, that is incredible. <laughs> well, because that's the problem, when, well, not the problem, but like when you when everything is so far away from you, and you are ordering these things specifically you are homing in on the things that you've always wanted specifically you know yeah. and even i think even if maybe they are maybe they do turn out to be a little bit disappointing when you get them just the effort of getting them kind of adds to the like i i really do like this <laughs> i'm gonna wager that there are gonna be a lot of a lot of stories coming out of all of us of accidental purchases or things that were kind of slipped in as extras stuff like that stuff that we wouldn't have sought out independently like this is mm. a kindness that someone has done us and we've been like eh, thanks and then one day the worm turns and you're like what the <laughs> this is so cool how did i live without this mm -hmm. so yeah I, I anticipate a few of those tales um we're not going to spin the wheel of names oh my place. goodness yeah. We're just going to go for it, man. Um, I, I guess I'll open my account with, uh, with a little thing called the Submersible High Speed Attack and Reconnaissance Craft. The wow. Shock from 1984. There was a time you didn't like this? Yes. And I'll tell you why. Like, I never made it a priority. I thought it looked strange. It, the, the driver, the occupant, the pilot um, had to live down. face down mm. and it was an awkward unarticulated figure there was just a lot wrong with this vehicle and and i'm sure um our old buddy jd onesie who's a big fan of the shark wink wink nudge nudge um would back me up by saying like it just it's it's weird in ways but it is the first flying submersible of the gi joe line and by combining those two things the ability to take to the air and zip around like a like a jet and then plunge into the depths and zip around like a submersible jet just gave this toy two dimensions of play for the price of one and you know me guys i love playing with toys underwater and there's that transitionary moment as a as a toy kind of enters the water from the air that is just so exhilarating i love that love 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 that so the shark it became not only just like something that I started liking, it became for a time a, a firm favorite. Like it was the toy for me. Every time I went into the swimming pool, that came with me. The shark entered my collection uh, by accident. I was buying a 
snowcat. Yes, a snowcat. Because I was in the United States, right? And it was snowing and I needed a snowcat. And I'm like, this is an excellent vehicle. This is a snow vehicle. This is a vehicle I don't have yet. Let me get it. The cheapest way to get it at the time on eBay happened to come in a lot. The lot had a few other things, a fun school imp mint in box, and also a Cobra Wave Crusher, which is the evil variant of the shark, came out in um, the early 2000s, the G.I. Joe, a real American hero line. Mm. And that strange blue dusted with gold toy, uh, kind of, I made it, I built it, stickered it, and then just left on the shelf, left it in obscurity for the rest of that trip. But when I got back to South Africa and I started returning to summer, <laughs> jumping into the, the swimming pool, this thing accompanied me and that love was born. So yeah, my first, first uh, item to open my account would be the shark. Hmm. Mm. I always How thought you, you liked it from the beginning. No, um, I'm going to start role. with, um, this is in no means like a chronological thing for me. So I'm just going to start with the first one that comes to mind. Um, the Devil Dustbin, <laughs> uh, the Pogo. <laughs> so the Pogo was always like kind of an, this obscure thing. It just kind of existed in the video game. And in the video game, I didn't think it was like the best vehicle either. I mean, to be fair, it's not really like the best vehicle ever. And I didn't really recognize it as the Pogo until I think you finish it. And then you see that it's called the Pogo or something like that. But I didn't care much about it. And my friends at the time, David and Jeff, they didn't speak very highly of it. So I was like, okay, whatever. And then they did that, um, the Star Brigade, the, I think it's called the Invader, Cobra Invader. Mm. And I didn't think much of that either. And I, I, I don't know. I seem to recall seeing them on shelves here in South Africa, but I could also just be imagining that uh, because I never like felt the urge to purchase one or whatever. And then fast forward into the future, um, I sort of, started seeing pictures of it in its original colors in the red color and i was like okay this is actually kind of interesting it's not something i'm going to go out of my way and buy and whatever's uh, but it is something i've kind of built a fondness for and then jim godfrey of all people uh, actually surprised me with one and it's the strangest thing once i'd unboxed it and actually had the toy in my hands and felt that sort of model kit-esque quality to it and really got it into the hokiness of it it just all came together <laughs> And, and Don't I think, try bouncing it around. No, that's the other <laughs> thing. And then I'm struggling to remember now with, with, my, with my memory if, it's, if I got my pogo before or after the Defiant. But I know for a fact that, that you getting the Defiant, Steve, has a lot to do with me liking the pogo as well. Because now all of a sudden it has like a purpose, you know, in a lot of ways. As we've, you know, debated. For a second you had me before. going there, Paul. You like, you got it Defiant? So that means no, Geodrobe has two defiance? No, no, what? God, no. I can't afford one of those. <laughs> but um, I shouldn't say things like that. Then it means that I'll never afford one if I keep saying it. But anyway, uh, the, the thing is, I got a Pogo and I love my Pogo. And it's such a great little toy. And there's actually a boxed one that's for sale on a local um, seller's site on Biddleby, um from Mr. Withers. And... I mean, if I didn't have one, I would definitely uh, not, I wouldn't say I would definitely click to buy it, but having one makes me double take on it every time I see that listing. I keep looking at it going, oh yeah, I want one of those. Oh wait, I got one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like Don't it's one of those weird one, feelings. Like you, yeah, you're, although mine's got a box, I've got the box. Jim sent me the oh. box and the manual and everything. I've got others, dude. 
So it's lacquer. Like it's and I've also got the best <laughs> driver for it, which is Battle Armor Cobra Commander. And yeah. Anyway, so, so that's my that's that's a toy that definitely grew on me. It's definitely something I had like absolutely no interest in it uh, in as a uh, as a kid. And I think a lot of people still don't have interest in the pogo. But uh it's it's got a sweet place in my heart. But and it's got that Rob... sweet omnidirectional firepower that goes through walls and through ceilings <laughs> and has the best jump. I'm of course so referring to its appearance in the Nintendo game. But yes, Rob, kills. continue, my man. Love it so much. So kind of, I suppose, in, in line with um, Stephen in a way, um, thinking about the ocean. But when we started collecting modern era figures, I think we basically just tried to get all of them. All, I mean, you know, they came in like packs. So you ended up with a, a bunch of figures. Um, and we kind of split them, as, as I think, as best we could. But a figure that I, I ended up with that I wasn't, I think, totally enamored with um, was Shipwreck from the the original shipwreck from the the modern era um which which in researching him on yojo apparently isn't even the original original version of him that came out in the modern era because apparently there's versions of him with a belt buckle that has like a thing on it and um shark tattoo and like a shark tattoo and yeah i think later versions of this character also were turned out a little bit better as well like his face ah, it's weird like one half of his face is like a little bit melty it's, <laughs> it's like they squashed together two halves of a mold and they're like, okay, this, this is going to have to work. <laughs> That's good enough. Because also to me, like Shipwreck, I, I think because I didn't grow up with the cartoon, he wasn't necessarily like the coolest character ever. And to, he feels like he sticks out because he's in this sailor uniform. He doesn't feel to me, at least at the time, like he was part of the Joes and he has a parrot and the parrot talks and it's not as cool as... um you know, spirits, uh, freedom. Um, freedom. <laughs> but then after getting into the cartoons, cause it, I mean, I got into the cartoons exceptionally late. Um, I started to appreciate shipwreck a lot more and he's actually one of my more favorite modern era figures. Um, and he comes with like proper, I mean, he, he comes with Polly. He looks the way he does as a, as a, as the, the vintage figure. And he comes with a little shotgun. His little, little gun is like, okay, it's, it's fine. And he comes with a pistol. And thankfully, compared to most modern era figures, his pistol is um, holstered on the right-hand side. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Stephen appreciates that. Quite, oh, rejoice. Well, <laughs> can't, it can't holster on the left because his left hand is closed. It's a fist. Well, he oh. can hold a gun in it. Um he can he can oh. definitely hold that gun um no, but it, it looks more closed no 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 oh. rob uh, i i i modified your shipwreck i don't know if you oh. recall he's got yeah. custom hands i totally forgot about that yep his wow you actually made this figure even better then than he originally his hands come was from pursuit of cobra snake eyes i think hence it's got the up down motion and the left yes. right motion to the wrist. Holy, i totally mm. forgot about that that's probably mm -hmm. also another reason why he became a little bit better, to me at least, because he can actually hold his guy, all his freaking guns. <laughs> God damn it, I didn't even notice it on the, on the pictures I was looking at on Yojo. But you um, yeah, so over time, watching the cartoons, I, I really, I've come to appreciate him as one of my more nicer um, modern era figures. Um, I think they capture his, his, the original spirit of the character very well. And there's another later version, I think, of him, but it's it's not too terribly much better than this version 
um, yeah, so I think Shipwreck, Modern Era Shipwreck, with you there, Rob. is really nice. I I always passed up buying Shipwreck when he was available on shelves or pegs. Um, but I had seen, I think I had memories of seeing his, his introduction to the animated series. But that mm. just didn't sell it to me yet. Uh, the Penny only dropped much later when I realized, like, he is the Han Solo of the G.I. Joe universe. Mm. Yeah. Because he, he didn't drink the Kool-Aid. He's not there because he's the best of the best of the best, sir. He's like the eternal, the eternal, <laughs> very good, suppose, <laughs> and a slap. Um, <laughs> uh, he's there because he's the eternal skeptic. He's, he's our voice, you know. And that's and that makes him cool. He's yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. I'll 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 get it done, but I'm not gonna do it your way. He's unconventional, and you. I'm gonna that. get dressed in an outfit with, with snake eyes, and we're gonna do song and dance. Exactly. <laughs> in this straight laced world of like strict military discipline, Shipwreck is an absolute breath of fresh sea air. Yeah. Thanks for that, Robbie. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's a fantastic figure, really. So My Stephen works once. Well, it's going to stay in the 25th anniversary uh, era because funny you should mention how we collected them. Yes, we absolutely did buy the boxed set uh, mm. as our first sinking of teeth into the 25th anniversary. We bought the G.I. Joe box set of five, which was Duke, Gung Ho, Roadblock, Snake Eyes, and Scarlet. And we divvied them up. I think I got Snake Eyes and only Snake Eyes. <laughs> you had Duke and Scarlet. Yeah, excellent. Um, and Roadblock. Yeah. Oh. And uh, Alistair had gung-ho. And that was all very fine and well. I was happy to have the main snake man. But I tell you guys, quickly, uh, my favor for Scarlet emerged. Because that 25th anniversary Scarlet, like, she gets criticism as, like, not being such a competent Scarlet now. But I think she still has got it, man. Uh, she's got that kind of cartoonish face. She's got very lithe proportions. Um, and I love the design of her. Like, you know, it's a weird thing. A lot of people can't quite understand my my love for this figure. But I think she gets Scarlet so perfectly balanced. Um, oh, there yeah. are, of course, shortcomings to this figure. Like, mm. for instance, the diaper crotch was a big big red flag we were like what is going on (laughs) what's happened to our gi joes why can't they sit properly but you shave off basically the the gray parts of her her bikini and you could get her into every possible seated pose you want much better figure yeah once you've done that Mm. and they would eventually do that little brazilian (laughs) it's totally better much better they would eventually do that in the actual, you know, to the actual figure mold. Uh, so they could yeah, they would shave them for you. <laughs> but as I say, I don't know. She just had the right proportions. She looked feminine. She looked tough. She was very poseable. She could get a two pistol grip. I'm currently on General Joe's uh, review of the f- sort of early look of this figure, and he's got a in a perfect like what do you call that the the weaver stance where you cupping the the butt of the the pistol with your left hand and it's convincing man and it was the first time i think i'd ever seen a gi joe figure be able to do that and this wasn't standard across all 25th anniversary figures in fact it was a rarity but because of her very slim and slender frame she could Mm -hmm. yeah man great figure 
I wish to echo that statement because huh. I gotta say the uh, hey. whenever I want to grab a Scarlet from my modern era line to like sort of get into the action, this is the one I always come back to, and I've got all of them, I've, uh, with the exception of the retro. Which I believe is the new Royal Highness. Like that, yes. I'm curious mm. to get one of those one day. Yeah, uh, that would because be nice. Likewise, she yeah. does look good. She looks a bit sort of more tactical, chunkier, perhaps. That's a terrible word, but yeah, she looks <laughs> not quite as as form fitting as this one. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a functional look for Scarlet and has the right color scheme and cuts a, a good silhouette. So yeah, I'd be I'd be curious to try out the new retro one. Such a contradiction, new retro one. <laughs> anyway, so this was a figure that surprised me and quickly grew in my esteem to the point where, like, I didn't want to give it back to Rob. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. She's fantastic. I, I I absolutely agree. It's it's a very good update to the original version. Yeah, man. All she right. makes me very happy. Next lady for a shave. <laughs> she makes you very happy, Rob. You bastard. You can keep her. Um, the honeymoon's over. Name. You're going to get the queen bee next, aren't you? So my next one is also something that uh, it's kind of it's kind of an obscure. No, it's not really obscure. It's something that I think a lot of people hate on. But I feel like over time, it's a line that's just gotten so much better within GI Joe, and I'm referring to the Ninja Force. When I was a kid. Mm. And I'm sure you guys may have felt the same here to uh, to lesser, greater or lesser degree. When the Ninja Force figures came out, I don't know if David and I were ter terribly excited about them. We were like, yay, we can finally get a, a Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow like, uh, you know, the way that they're being portrayed in the comic run currently. But at the same time, it was like, oh, they got crappy ninja actions. That, and we never actually found Snake Eyes, to be honest. And so it was one of those lines where you just, we ended up grabbing all of them between the two of us. In fact, I think David even bought some doubles because he used them for customs and whatever. And I don't know, it just, it was one of those, like I got into like modern GI Joe collecting and Ninja Force was one of those things where I was like, wow, I'd really love to see them like modernize this. And they did. Uh, they did uh, a few attempts at modernizing the Ninja Force in the, in the modern era line in the form of releasing a Snake Eyes that has like, di um, that had, I think it's a mask that's very reminiscent of dice and then there's a storm shadow no the storm shadow comes with a dice mask and the snake eyes comes with a kind of a mask that looks reminiscent of slice or something like that and then they did a red ninja that kind of comes with all of the things that slice would have and he's kind of got a color scheme that's similar to slice so you could get like approximations of the figures um of those characters at least but you couldn't get like approximations of characters like dojo or chebang or um nunchuck so that was kind of like a half a win. And that is when I started getting hungry for them. And I started thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe I should actually get myself like some Ninja Force stuff. And I'm an odd about it for a very long time. And, um, and then the figure subscription service happened and they did start releasing Slice and Dice. And uh, I remember seeing them and, and, you know, sitting on BBTS wondering if I should get them. And, and ultimately not because all those parts were already available to me if I just wanted to take the time to go and paint up, um, get you know, order one of those other Snake Eyes bodies or whatever's painted up purple and make a dice and all that stuff. And anyway, the the hunger started there. And then um, queue through to to Jocon, and I was hungry for Ninja Force by then. 
And yeah, once again, uh, thanks to Jim Godfrey. <laughs> uh, he did an amazing custom. I'm sure many of you who are listening to our podcast, who, who are fans of the podcast, know about this. But he did this amazing character called Bitterender. And he took second place in the Jocon competition, which netted the G.I. Joburg crew quite a neat little voucher. <laughs> so um, I was given the opportunity to use a little bit of that voucher to buy myself a collection of figures. And Ninja Force was it. And I got to say, guys, I'm really loving the Ninja Force. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying playing with those toys right now. I've, I've got most of them out, um, especially because of the arrival of my Ninja Force Zartan who I'm going to lump into this. I know maybe I'm breaking the rules a bit, but yeah. Ninja Force Zartan was kind of a non-entity. Like whenever I saw him in, in Bellamo's guide, I was like, that's not Zartan, you know? And like, you know, like the general feeling that we all had when we've seen that figure, not all of us, but the majority of us have had. It was like, that's not Zartan. That's not my Zartan. No, 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 no. That's not even like a ninja. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and then um, by way of Gary V. Uh, I got a, a figure subscription service version of that Zartan uh, that was gifted to me, thanks to Gary. And Gary, thank you very much, man, because it is it's still a cool toy. And I, and that that kind of just completed the circle in my brain. I was like, wait, hold on, you're an idiot, you know. And started looking up this figure, and then I wanted to do artworks based on him. And then I started on this like ninja kind of old school vhs cover ninja artwork and that zartan is a centerpiece and i'm like oh dude it totally makes sense like all of this video game this like in him just came out it's like he works in the ninja gaiden universe he works in streets of rage he works in like even the ninja turtle like beat him ups and he's just like that kind of character and it just all of a sudden it just clicked with me and i'm like this zartan I love this Zartan. And with the Zartan... does he work as Zartan? You cited all these like <laughs> 90s beat him up yeah, neon does, kind of because, stuff. Yeah, because now this is like how he's hiding. He's 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 dis, um, disguising himself as a street thug, you know, as a kind of ninja crime lord. And also like as a ninja, <laughs> he's actually doing a pretty good job of disguising the fact that he's a ninja because he looks nothing like a ninja. And that's kind of the point, right? If you want to sneak up and kill people, maybe not look like a ninja, you know? Just a thought. <laughs> Everybody running around with your hoods and your samurai outfits, etc. at all. Anyway, but yeah, I've got to say, I love this figure. I love this Zartan and I'm loving the Ninja Force. And yay, I'm so glad I got over that 90s um, dislike or that little dislike for that era of the 90s. Although, I, I, guys, I'm not going to lie. I still hate that Snake Eyes figure. Not because of what it is, but because of what it isn't. It isn't the toy that I want it to be. And that's like the only gripe I have. But there is still something fun about squeezing its little legs and making its little ninja action work. And it's got great gear. <laughs> anyway, and that's all I will say about that. <laughs> oh, my absolute Rob, this is the part where you take the mic away from me <laughs> and tell us about yours. <laughs> so I think, well, as the 90s came around or like late 90s when we were buying toys, I think I ended up buying certain toys <clears throat> just because we could buy them. Um, and often the reasons why I wanted them was just like, oh, that's a cool thing. Or that, you know, I don't, he's pink. That's fun. Um, <laughs> and then there was one that... <laughs> Pink Night Viper, fantastic. Um, 
And then there's one that I really liked, and this is probably my more, more favored version of, 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 of these characters, and that is Eels version 2. I got him because he came with a freaking amazing shark, and sharks are cool. Unfortunately, I couldn't find the shark for these pictures. So obviously the shark is still, is, is now not my favorite thing about him. M.I.A. <laughs> it's, just, it's some way. And I mean, I, I think, yeah, I originally got him because it's just something to get. It's something new. Um, he can go into the, in, into the water. That's pretty cool. Um, but like, there's just something about this version of the character that, that over time just really, I really like, I like that it's, it's really straightforward. He seems self-contained, like he doesn't have to have any extra equipment except for his, um, uh, shark. Well, his shark and his, well, I was going to say, I was going to say slippers, but they're not called slippers. Are they? they're <laughs> flippers. flippers. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's ready to relax in the water with his slippers. Um, he's really, he's really straightforward, I think. And he look he looks evil to me. And I like that he, you know, he comes with a little like cobra symbol on his arm. Um, so yeah, from a figure that I originally just wanted because it's it's something to buy. It's it's a sealed GI Joe in, in packaging. Um, it's just cool to be able to you know to get anything because I I feel like I got this figure a little bit later than other ones. I might even have gotten it in at the Paro um, factory toy shop that we frequented. Um, Either that, or I'm remembering the time where we um, lifted the, the the gun <laughs> from one of the figures there, uh, because somehow I'd lost the the, the spear gun for this character, They've, and we oh, we man. managed to find a, Rob, another you just one. Outed us for a 25 year old crime. <laughs> you realize perfect crime. No, yeah, well, I, I'm sure I'm sure we bought a bunch of other stuff that day. Uh, we always, whenever we, we ended up at that shop, we, we bought a lot of stuff. Um, and I mean, I think that if, if I'm pretty sure that it was already open already, I mean, I wouldn't have opened, uh, you know, something just to be able to get a toy or to get something that I don't have. Um, I had I forgotten about that. that. Oh my goodness. This is a topic in and of itself. Like, <laughs> has anyone committed any crimes for GI Joe toys? Well, apparently, apparently I have, yes, but it was, it's, it's, it's <laughs> this, it's this yellow, it's this, this guy's incomplete without the spear gun. Um, he needs the spear gun, but thank you. That's the only time that I can ever remember having ever done this. Um, and obviously I, I liked the figure enough that I had to ensure that he was complete. He has to be complete. He can't not have that spear gun. And even though I do, no, do I own, I don't own the uh, original eels i have seen them and i think they're fantastic but to me this being my first eels um or version of the eels it's it's definitely my favorite um yeah and i have to say that as well because i, I you know i obviously uh, i stole for him <laughs> i always saw this Oof. as a cool robot shark that came as a diver well that that's i think me. originally but over time like i started to really enjoy the, the figure more than the shark um i think yeah originally the shark was was a lot of fun um but the figure just continued to grow on me over time mm. um and it's yeah it's weird i seem to like the the yellow figures <laughs> there's really? a trend there's a trend well, yellow is my favorite color <laughs> maybe i don't know we'll see well, guys in the stakes of toys that like I had no love for and they entered my collection by accident and then all of a sudden they've been shot to the top of the pops. You can't get 
a higher top of the pops than the tomahawk attack helicopter. <laughs> wow. That's a that's a joke. <laughs> no, I <laughs> I slipped this in just as an honorable mention because the tomahawk was something that like I had a love for before I even knew that it existed as a toy. Saw it in the comic books and I was like, I that's you amazing. Before I even met you. That's an amazing <laughs> concept. I wish there was a toy of it. And then the internet came and my eyes were oped and I saw it for the first time and I was like, it's real. Oh, oh, love. And now I have three of them. Yay! <laughs> best, best, best. Now, a figure that like found its way on the kind of the leftovers list for me. Like when I was asked by MCDJ, ACDC some years back, like what figures are you still pining for? I was like, eh, well, my collection's kind of at a place where I'm happy with it. But if you must twist my rubber arm, Andrew, uh, <laughs> this is a list. Quite prominently on that list was a little lady called Jinx. Mm. And mm. my goodness, has she not shot to the top of the pops since getting her? Uh, I mean, she became the central character of our Bad Luck Lady series, which gave me a lot of time, hands-on time with this action figure. She's so fine. You know, she doesn't do what Lady J does, which is like basically have a female figure that's taller than most of the men like she's actually quite quite petite um which seems to be a trend with my figure selections like i'm going for the girls and going for the girls that are like as i say quite finely molded but mm. she's she's got a life as to her as well which is very appealing um she looks as she should and the reason like she was such a slow burn for me was because obviously she's masked She's a masked G.I. Joe character who is a female. So it already takes something very important for the girls off the table, which is like having a feminine face sculpt. You can't do her scenes from G.I. Joe the movie. She's always got to be all business in this look, which I think is part of the appeal because, yeah, she's not slumming it in a base or, you know, in a training montage or something. She is on mission in this look. She invites action and copious amounts of bloodshed in a very kill bill sense um so yeah man this figure and my time with her on bad luck lady very memorable she became synonymous with my time in china uh and yeah so there are there's nostalgia linked to her she's a great figure she's one that i totally did not expect to love as much as i do she even became a wedding topper on my hmm. wedding cake hey <laughs> bloody <laughs> brilliant yeah, man. So Jinx, I, I didn't really order this, but maybe she's actually the number one sleeper hit on my list. But we'll see where we go with this. We still got, I've still got two more in hand. You fellas have three more in hand. So let's have another oh, yeah. one, Paul. Ooh, okay. So th this is a fun one. Uh, it's another thing that a lot of people are very. Um, we'll be the judge of that. Black and white yeah. on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I saw this vehicle I'm building up to this. Or should I say, I held this vehicle in my hand for the first time when we were in America. And it's one of those kind of, a lot of guys give it hell. But there's just something about that toy in particular, like having it in your hands once again, that it just sings the right music to you. Or, or sings the right songs to you, should I say. And that is the Havoc. I don't own a Havoc yet. I want a Havoc. Mm -hmm. Um... And I got to say, dude, like, 
<laughs> I was supremely jealous of Rob when he got one of those. <laughs> because it is Damn a really you, cool toy. I even re remember when we got into the murder the murder house. Um <laughs> that like like there's all this creepy shit and I'm I'm like on the table and I've nicely put down like Rob's havoc and I'm like this is so cool. Look at the detail on the treads and like really getting into it. And it's it's just a cool looking, I think it's a cool looking toy. And it's also, once again, it's one of those things that when I was younger in the cartoon is rad. It's like it steps out. It's like, okay, it's a very hokey GI Joe vehicle, whatever. Um, but you you kind of look at it as, you, uh, as an older collector. You're kind of like, yeah, that makes no sense, really. Like it really doesn't. I know that we've made or attempted to make a lot of sense out of it. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it's a cool toy. It's a fun toy to play with. And we've, we've gone over that at nauseum uh, on the, on the channel itself, but that is a toy that has really grown on to me that, uh, grown, grown on me <laughs> over time. It's as you say, hooky is all hell makes very little practical sense, but you're going to battle to find a G.I. Joe vehicle that has more feature per square inch than the Havoc. Mm. Swiveling guns, opening hatch, gun chair, removable engine cover, the tracks that can ridiculously kind of articulate. So it can it's either turn very turn tightly or it can strafe like diagonally. But like so no great. tank in this world has that kind of function, probably because it's very fiddly and very uh, fragile. The, the hover car, I mean, why not? Just throw everything at the wall and everything sticks in the yeah. case of the Havoc. Like, they, they, they didn't reject any ideas. <laughs> it's like, let's do it all with this this toy. And uh, they're everywhere. So, Paul, I hope you get one soon, man. Uh, yeah. I put it in your sights. I see do there's it. a few on um, Dan Shemansky. He's got a few on... on offer there on ebay quality joes quality nice. joes ladies and gentlemen um and then also just a, a quick note about the havoc um steve you just recently did a video with your dad and with elliot uh -huh. um, and you guys have got the havoc there and it's quite a lot of fun you know uh, you know you guys discussing it and it's so cute to see like little ellie like reaching for it you know there's one point where he's kind of about to stick the toy in the canopy the driver in the canopy and dad's like and then steven's like Mm -hmm. And here's what it does. And then Elliot's like, okay, oh. I'll put it up there then. <laughs> <Yeah. It's> very <laughs> cute. And I'm like, that toy has got special toy powers. And it's it definitely does grow on you. And and if you dislike it, it's just because you're purposely re resisting it. Stop resisting it. Love the Havoc. Give the Havoc some love, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Okay, it's Rob, now you can... You can gloat about how I have a Havoc, <laughs> and then this is the toy that's going on. I definitely on have a Havoc. It's it's fantastic. It's it, it's right in front of me. Or like whenever I sit at the computer, it's right here on the shelf. So I, I'm always looking at it. Um, fantastic toy. Um, another fantastic toy that I didn't think I'd ever own. So we got to the states. Uh, we arrived at Kokomo Toys, and this is like a an endless selection of stuff. With me being me and uh, not having saved up, I had a very limited amount of money to myself when I was in the States. And of course I have to buy a scoop because I'm, I'm a scoop guy. Um, scoop the fork. But then I was like, I had to buy something else, like anything else. Um, I think I struggled so hard to find something to get. And I ended up getting Big Boa, 
who I'd never, I think, in my entire life thought I'd want to own a big bow. He doesn't have any guns. Um, as far as I can remember, I'd never seen him featured in any, any comic books I'd personally read. But I think by the end of the trip, um, I really appreciate this character and this, this figure. He is so uniquely himself. Like he's so different from everything else, I think, in the entire line. And they they molded him perfectly. He looks like a proper huge dude. Like it's not just like his upper torso, it's his legs. Um, and the fact that they just went all out and just gave him boxing gloves and a a, a Joe to punch. <laughs> it's it's wild to me that I, I really like this character now and, and this figure. Because when I bought him, I just, I think I bought him because I wanted something. Because I'm in Kokomo Toys, I'm in America, I need to buy something, anything. Something. anything and yeah. he looked great. Like, because it had so much stuff that obviously, like, I've always pined over, but like, Steven already has it in his collection. And I was like, this, I need something that we don't own um, and something different. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get Big Bo. He looks interesting and different. But, yeah, by the end of the trip, and by the time I got back to South Africa, I, he's really amazing. Like, they did a fantastic job in just making him him. Like, they didn't try to add, like, extra guns and give him stuff that doesn't work with him as, as his character and, and who he is. Um, yeah. he's It's just him. He's Great a dude well. with a huge... Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's, his thighs are huge. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think, even with other characters, like... That are bigger, you know, or taller, like um, Destro or um, Roadblock. I don't think they molded their thighs as big as they did mm. with this guy. Like he, he looks the part. He looks like what he is. He's a boxer. He's a trainer. He's the, you know, the PT instructor for, for Cobra. Um, and it's so cool that they made boxing gloves for him. You can take those off, and his hands are under there. They're normal hands. So cool. Um, mm -hmm. It's... And didn't we have that feature with with uh, M. Bison? Uh, no, Balrog. Balrog, from well, the Balrog yeah. yeah. So later they brought that in Oxer. the game. But like, obviously, yeah. you know, because they'd already done it, it was a lot easier. Um, yeah, and I got a very good version. His um, uh, Cobra symbols and his gloves are fantastically mm. clear. Um, I was about to say, Kokomo Toys really do a good job of curating their wares. Because oh, fantastic, yeah. this is a figure that it often is a victim of a lot of paint rub. He's got those little points, those little silver s spikes all over him. Um, yeah. That often are rubbed away. And the Cobra symbols on the gloves are always a big point of of debate, of condition. I, I, I lucked out, and I think, uh, I mean, $10, I think I think he was as well. Oh, wow. So hey, well done. I walked out of Kokomo Toys with a, with, a, with a brand new, well, you know, brand new old scoop and a big boa. And I was like, okay, I have, I have a boxing dude now. So what? So what, I... past Rob? You love this guy now. <laughs> and you well should. Uh, yeah, excellent figure. I'm glad you like him. And I'm glad you got something at Kokomo Toys. I was sensible in that I knew I was going to Joe, Joe Con and I mm. knew that better deals would be had there. So I didn't buy a damn thing. But in hindsight, like the sentimental side of me wishes he, he bought something at Kokomo Toys. Something, Toy. anything, you know. Anything. Yeah, you guys had swag. I was like, hmm. hmm. I, 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 have yeah, I nearly bought back your hairs. You did. You, there was too many options for Paul, guys. Like, yes, I just, I, I, I melted down. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you must return to default state. Get Storm Shadow. 
<laughs> and Destro and the and Amy with Pond the gold from Doctor Who. The brown. I need <laughs> Amy. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm glad I did. And dude, I, I, just something I want to add to to old uh, Big Boa Day. Uh, Dustin Kate and uh, Cobra Lang, when they added their features to Element X, our backyard battles, uh, they gave him him such a cool robot voice. I love his robot voice. It's so <laughs> awesome. And that is forever Big Boa's voice in my head. Just like robot that's eating glass that smokes too much. I love that. It's so good. Anyway. <laughs> well, I'm going to forever hear Joe Slepsky's uh, Sly Stallone impersonation in one of Troy's vids in Clairvoyance, where he introduces Big Boa and he's, he's like, yeah, oh, Big Boa, man. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember the lines, even though I scripted them. Ah, but Joe did a bloody good job, and I thank Troy for for enlisting. Good old Joe on Joe. So yeah, man, that was that was pretty sweet. So yes, no offense to Dustin and to Cody. No, was it Cor? Yeah. It's Corey and Cody. Was yeah, it Corey and Cody? I keep mm -hmm. thinking it was Dustin because of the wrestling. Ah uh, yes, so, nah, yeah. dust. Dust has done some amazing play motions, but he wasn't involved in Element X. We'll, we'll get him. We'll get him. We'll hey, get Mr. K. Him. All right. But uh, speaking of play motions, this toy entered my collection as part of a donations lot from a mate in Australia. In fact, uh, it was incomplete and I'd had handled the toy before and not loved it a lot because it didn't seem to work. Paul, you had one first and then Rob got one. And every time I played with it, it just didn't. I couldn't get it to do what I wanted it to do. And then I figured out, oh, you just need to kind of rock it a little bit further forward on itself, and then it'll do exactly what you need it to do. And I I speak specifically, of course, about the Cobra Buzz Ball. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Featured in <laughs> Renegades. That's the sound of a lawnmower, by the way. Or weed whacker. <laughs> Not only is the battle android trooper fully capable. <laughs> All right, so that's an excerpt from Slaughterhouse or the Slaughterhouse, our um, episode of Renegades. Anyway, that is how a buzzbore should be used, my friends. A gigantic saw blade for just laying waste to infantry. That's what it does. It's not meant to burrow under the ground. It is a gigantic lawnmower for action figures. <laughs> Was it funny, Rob? TTT. <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, God. You, you definitely, I think, sold that vehicle. In, Thank in that you. Shop. Yes, and I realized the best way to get those saw teeth to spin freely is to not try and move it as intended along its kind of wedge base, but to mm. rock it forward so that the blades are directly in contact with the, the grass or the ground or whatever, the soil. And then that red ring of cutting destruction and death will spin freely. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't lock up and... Look, you have to maybe disassemble it and give it a little bit of a clean. Get rid of that sort of white squeaky plastic residue that might have built up from friction. But anyways, bottom line is... If you get it working well, the buzzball is that kind of toy that you just vroom around your garden a couple of times mm -hmm. 
Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's fun, man. <laughs> Guys, my son is directly above my head and he's beating the floorboards. I think he can hear me. That's funny, man. Wicked. And then he's like, quiet evil. <laughs> yeah, man. Wow. Uh, this this comment from Mark is great. Let's have it. Mark is what like, is it for? I bought two after seeing that scene. Hey. Uh, Marky Mark. Well, shout outs to Mark. This week he sent us the most unique gift anybody has ever sent G.I. Joburg. Mark uh-huh. has put together some Dio stories. But not yeah. only that, wow. he has hard bound them into two volumes and presented them as like like books. Like you're just gonna have to take my word for it right now. Like these are coffee table books of his photography but dire stories what a treat because that because uh, mark you can you can shoot some pictures dude like wow beautiful he That's makes exciting. use of varied techniques like it's so clever paul i can't wait to share this stuff with you um hey. hopefully uh-huh. by october <laughs> i'll be back <laughs> in sunny south africa and we can hey. rejoice and read looks, some looks, dire stories together looks 2032 like mark, came early mission success <laughs> Wink, wink. <laughs> ah, bravo. Well, I'm loving them at the moment, and I they will make their way through the rest of the G.I. Joburg team. I am very well, excited. For this. I'm going to make plans for that. Mm-hmm. As person, excited as I am to hear what, what, what Paul loves more than he didn't when he originally got it. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Let's move well, the agenda get... along. Okay, right. <laughs> but thank like, you, Mark. Moving thank you swiftly along. Um, okay, so... Uh, this is this is a really really awesome character in GI Joe that um, I've really I really like character, but I just don't don't feel like his second version, or didn't think that his second version was the coolest toy ever. I was kind of like, uh, especially when they did a modern era um, in the Pursuit of Cobra line. Can you guys guess maybe which character I'm talking about? They they did such a great version of him in the Pursuit of Cobra line, and it's kind of I don't know. I feel like it almost sullied any other version of this character. Cobra he likes the Dondo. Oh. <laughs> no, he likes the Low dark. light. Low oh, light. No. Low light Word. version. Technically, it's version 3 because it comes after the Slaughter's Marauders version. Um, but it's the second true, like, it's a different sculpt to the first version. So, because of the beautiful sculpt that they did for the first low light, and because of his great appearance in the movie and in the cartoon uh i just really loved that original style for low light for me it was like don't mess with that that is like perfect and that made me immediately dislike low light version two i was like eh, he's got a big helmet looks stupid whatever blah blah blah, blah. anyway chain mail <laughs> chain mail fast forward um to a lot that jim sent me yes this does play out a lot because I've, you know, in G.I. Joe book, we have been the very fortunate recipients of a lot of people's um, it kindness. It seems like Jim particularly has been forcing stuff into your collection, like wedging it in, like, uh, Yeah, he's just like, yeah, Paulie. <laughs> yeah. Because no, what happened, <laughs> the story there is... That was a very poor Jim Godfrey impersonation. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I mean, if you're not sounding like Jason Statham, then you're not trying, you know what I mean? Statham. Um, when did you start saying it like that? Statham? Statham. 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 You're thinking of statins, man. Are you? Have you got a heart condition, Paul? Huh? No? <laughs> Why? <laughs> never mind. Anyway, never mind. Doctor speak. 
And yeah, so the story is, is that Jim actually just got a whole bunch of these figures from a friend of his. And, um, you know, it's just extra stuff. And he decided to send, send a few my way. And they didn't have any gear or anything. And in this little goodie box um, was this low light version 2. And that just, the whole character just switched on for me. It's like, bing, like, this is a cool character, but it's missing its gear. So I didn't have his gear for a long time. And, you know, there have been episodes of G.I. Joburg where, you know, Steve, you've, like, put a spotlight on him. And, you know, we've spoken about it. And it's kind of piqued my interest on the character a little bit more and whatever that's gone through. talk about bait and switch. I thought we were talking about Pursuit of Cobra. Now you've switched back to 1991 Lowlight. Oh, uh, which one is so it, Paul? sneaky. It's 1991's <laughs> Lowlight. Bloody um, bastard. But when I got all of that gear for him the other day, you know, like, well, a few months ago, it just... It just clicked. I was like, wow, no, this this is a great toy. This is an amazing toy. Like, why have I been, like, such a dork and, like, just not really appreciated this for what it is? Um, you know, I've only half appreciated it. But I got to say, that Joe just is so great. The helmet is actually not that big when you have it in hand. The knife is it works so well with the backpack. He's got a great gun. Ah, oh, man, low-light version... Three technically 1991's low light is an amazing toy and i think for many years i, I thought that the gun was a sniper rifle but on closer inspection that is a submachine gun with a very mm. long extended barrel and a very like tall mount for a sight but anyway i guess he's 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 getting up close and personal with that that is low light sneaking up right up to the target and <laughs> capping off some rounds I can't just from here. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's taken on a different role in that version. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting. I mean, you got the whole face camo, and you know, it, it's actually even a different character. Uh, in my mind, it's kind of almost a different character. It's like not the same guy, you know. Mm. Um, he's but... always felt so different because his hair is completely different from every other version. And of his the face character. is so different. You know, even he his look like beard. Tom yeah. If yeah. it's if it's like hair dye. He's dyed his beard as well. That's probably mm. boot polish that he's just like <laughs> slicked himself. <laughs> and he's got a bit extra like on his face as well. Either that or he's got a weird like patchy growth of hair like, you know, on his face. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I gotta say that was the one toy. Um, in fact, that that figure is one of the, 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 the sort of idea givers for this. That One of the things that sparked the idea for this, this conversation. Mm. I was like, yeah, well, like, thank you, low light yeah. version three, and thank you, Jim Godfrey. <laughs> Yay, <laughs> Rob, tell us about that that other special toy that has aged well for you. That other special toy that I enjoy more. Well, once again, it comes from the modern era, and it comes from a, from a box set. Um, this time, it is the the bat from the uh, was the defense of Cobra Island. Ooh. The original bats are so absolutely incredibly amazing, but this version, <clears throat> which is the modern era version, he doesn't come with any of his attachments. He, which absolutely disappointed me. He, <laughs> he comes with stuff that obviously has to do with defending Cobra Island, which is you know, the, the bloody theme of the box that he, that he came in. So he comes with like a little vine, he comes with this gun, uh, he comes with a backpack that has like the little spores in there. But he also comes to like little parts that make him more damaged. Um, and even though he gets, you know, his hands still come off you, there's nothing to attach to the bloody hands. Mm. 
which is it's, it's ridiculous. I thought when I, I well not ridiculous. I mean I, I like it. I like it. He looks good. He does not as good as the original, but there's a good a good a good update. But I feel over time that he's I I like him a lot more than I did originally, um, because I like that he comes with these little damaged parts, and that's a different version of the character, um, or at least you know the stuff that he comes with. So I think it's more for me at least over time it's become more the, the you know I can set him up and he looks different from other bats that have mm. come out before and after him because I don't think there are many that do have these damaged accessories. Uh, I struggled forever to like pin down the exact version that this was because I completely forgotten that he came in that um, that box set. Because um, oh. I was like, I must have gotten this. It was, I, I specifically wanted him, and I realized no, actually, he came in a box set. I mean, Stephen divvied the box set up, mm-hmm. um, and I yeah, I, I got this guy, um, and yeah, originally I didn't like him, and over time he's he's become probably one of my favorites because he is different. He comes with different things, and he's more fun. Because he's damaged, I think. So it's not, yeah. it's not like I've top top love, but like originally I really didn't like that he didn't come with all his accessories. But I like that he is a little bit different. And his arms have got a bit of a wash on them as well. Like yeah, it's like oil has originally out of them. Yeah. The original the original box set presentation was very clean, which always bugged me because if this is the battle damaged one, why doesn't he have the same wash as the original twenty fifth anniversary release? Yeah. So yes, I, I doctored your bat a little bit, Rob. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because fantastic. Has, uh, then am I? Then I'm thinking of my single carded one that's got the wash on its arms. It's wild. There's mm, so many different versions of the sky. There's one with like a red faceplate. Um, as oh, I think that was the second modern era version, uh, and obviously it's then they went into it. all the different colors. But this was the second the jungle one, like 25th guns. anniversary one that looks exactly the same, but it comes with damaged bits. And I think having damaged bits just makes him more interesting. Um, hmm. The spores, of course, and the the vine are a callback to the Battle Android Troopers introduction, the comic book series, yeah. which was also served to introduce Doctor Mindbender, or was it Doctor Brainwave? <laughs> anyway, it was uh, basically those those spores that would then knock out. Oh no, the spores made a vine that then had yeah. a pollen that it released to knock out, um, well, humans basically. The creeper vines, yeah. or whatever they're called, yeah. Well, they did something yeah. similar in the cartoon, I think. In the cartoon, yeah, because yeah, the they cast weren't involved in that. Yeah, I think. But good figure and a different presentation of the Battle Android Trooper. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry it didn't come with all the attachments, Rob, but it's so unique. It is what it is, you know. And and the cool thing is, you can you can still remove the hands, so that just make uh-huh. adds more battle damage to him. <laughs> um, you can't replace those hands with anything else, but it just makes him more uniquely himself um and i think maybe at some point in the future i might invest in a in a, a fully modern bat but i think i i think i should but there's too many choices <laughs> like Just do i get another black one version. or do i get a cool like red version i think there's a red version or do the i want the one with the cool red visor version i mean that 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 looks pretty dope i think it's animation accurate i think that's where they're going with that but guys Uh... this is an interesting like turn of events for me because when we debated having this topic you guys were both very of the mindset that it was vintage only and then i said no 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 let's let's open the floodgates let's open like this is any toy that finds its way into your collection um and you flipped on like your opinion has, has 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 had an uptick in 
And so now the list seems more heavily weighted towards modern era figures, actually. It's fast. I mean, you definitely helped us uh, to see the light. Well, <laughs> I'm interested to know what your picks would have been otherwise. But, like, let's let's continue. Um, because <laughs> I'm about to rip the roof open with my Ooh. next pick. <laughs> this oh, isn't damn, a toy so. at all. At least not in the strict sense. It was the early 2000s. It was Toys R Us in Claremont. And they were still selling Nintendo cartridges. Hey? Or Famicom cartridges. Yeah, and they were behind, sanity. like, a glass... A glass case that you had to have the store assistant unlock right. for you. Yes. Like that was crappy, the same in America, by the way. But yeah. crappy old cartridges which were already like ten or more years out of date. Unbelievable. They Rand. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. If, if you haven't sold the thing, you gotta keep hold on to it until you sell it. <laughs> so I I couldn't believe my luck. I had been searching high and low for this game since I played it as a wee lad. Uh, back at my friend Lyle's house in, I suppose, the early 90s. But yeah, in the early noughties, I found a G.I. Joe cartridge. And I was delighted. It had the classic uh, picture of the, you know, the, the card arts of Rock and Roll, Blizzard, Gridiron, Duke, Snake Eyes version 3. Um, it had the classic Taxan box art uh, collage shall we say of what all the, the playable the... characters i'm curious the color of the cartridge the, color of the plastic yeah the plastic was white it was a okay. white cartridge okay cool and then beside the 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 the, the, the gi joe logo it had a two next to it and i was like <laughs> i was used to these cartridges having weird like typesets and things on them because we've got you know these are bootlegs these were several generations down from their original release so yeah. i thought nothing of it took it home dragon seven yeah I know. exactly <laughs> i i think it was a christmas present so on christmas day i unwrapped the sucker plugged it into my machine and was agog this was not G.I. Joe by Taxan. This was not a game that I recognized. This wasn't the game. That one. It started weird. It's, it had Capcom <laughs> logo. I was like, why is Stalker talking to me? Why is there a map that I can move my player along? This is not the game that I wanted. Ah, hate it. And... Yeah, it just wasn't inviting. Like, I was getting absolutely annihilated by the first kind of, not even mid-level boss. It was just a kind of a, a powered-up regular God enemy. Road pig. Exactly. Yeah. Kick the shit out of me, and I was I was done. I was like, this sucks. I want <laughs> I want to, I want to jump in a battlecopter, uh, which you can't do in G.I. Joe 2. But subsequently, it grew on me to the point where I got really good at it. And I think with Nintendo games, because the difficulty spike is so high... If you mm. get really good at a Nintendo game, all of a sudden it becomes super inviting. Mm -hmm. To the point where, like, if there's a pick-up-and-play G.I. Joe kind of game, this is it for me. Mm -hmm. Which is weird because the, the first one is so much better. But I guess just, just having seen the end of this game a number of times rockets it to, to prominence in my, in my eyes. Yeah, it's like um, I mean, once you've got on Storm Shadow... Mm. And and he's powered up his plasma gun. <laughs> oh, man, that's fun. A ninja with a plasma rifle. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, you're about to say you're playing a guitar, Paul. 
Yeah, but it's like playing a guitar. It's like getting good at a song and then just being able to pick up a guitar and play that song, for example. You know, uh, that's how Nintendo games are. It's like the better you get at them, the the more, the more fun like they are. You're, yeah, you're just playing music and you can start like adding emphasis to it. And then you, before you know it, you've cleared a whole level without getting hit. And it's, it's cool stuff, man. Uh, for me, it was the other way around. I got Atlantis Factor first. Like, I never played the first game. I got Atlantis Factor first. That was, I mean, yeah. Because you're weird. Different. But I also bought the first G.I. Joe NES game from Toys R Us. Many years later, I think I got it in 97 or 98. Wow. From a Toys R Us at Westgate. You know, because that place just had toys that were sitting there for like 15 years. And Toys um, R Us? You sure it wasn't a Reggie's? I thought Toys no, R Us only came in South Africa in like 2000. No, dude, Toys R Us in South Africa since like '95, man. Maybe in Joburg. No, Jeez. yeah, the KTV kids—they opened them. The first one was actually the Westgate branch, and then they wow. opened the Santon branch, the, the Benmore Gardens one. Yeah, mm -hmm. good times. Anyway, um, yeah, I picked that game up for like twenty bucks, and it was a gray cartridge with a white sticker, and was everything there, as you mentioned. Just mine was a gray cartridge, like, a, yeah, and then I lent it to a buddy of mine with a, a NES, like a knockoff Famicom that I actually did buy from Reggie's. <laughs> um, and I just remember... Was yours shaped good... like a PlayStation? <laughs> no, it, was, it wasn't one of those. It wasn't quite there yet. Although I have one of those. Um, it's called a, uh, what? A, 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 a Telegame Station is, I think, oh, the yes. one that I've got as well. Telegame Station. Telegame Station. But the, oh, the knockoff man. I had was still looks like the, the Famicom. And I got that, yeah, like I said, I got it from Reggie's. And I remember just being like, this was sort of just, I had just left school um, to do correspondence. And I remember that one like week of just jamming and having so much fun with that game. <laughs> correspondence learning, aka sitting in your room playing video games during school hours. You bloody oh, bastard. Um, guys, I just want to bring our attention to in the chats. Uh, Mark and Gaz are debating the alternate code names that could be used if you want to recast 1991's Lowlight as a different character. And I quite like Mark's suggestion of him being called Stakeout. Mm, Stakeout is a cool name. And I'm not the only one. Gaz also says Stakeout is a cool code name. Stakeout, Stakeout. <laughs> Thanks, Chance. Thanks for keeping the chat alive. It's always fun to know that the Berg Force are out there. Um, Paul and Rob, you both owe me your number one oh my pick. Goodness. I don't know if it's my number one pick, but it's definitely oh my the last. No, it's definitely order. my number one. Yeah. Ooh, I left the best for last. Oh, well, then we'll the leave you for last because you are the best. Oh, this is such an obscure <laughs> POS vehicle, actually, but POS. I do like it. And it, in some then, ways, we have the pogo and the buzzball on this list. Exactly right. So <laughs> might as well. I add defy you in. to do worse. So this vehicle, actually, if you take your time, well, not take your time. If you just sit and look at it just for a little bit and think about, you know, strategy and a battlefield, it actually makes a heck of a lot of sense. And that vehicle is bum, ba -da -dum, ba -da -da -bum, the radar rat. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a port it's a movable radar. It's like, you know, and it's defensible. It's, I mean, it's got like a little gun. Ooh. But it is such a cute little toy and and it just it's so fragile, but it it serves a really good purpose. I mean, it's providing a radar solution 
in a battlefield. And that is like a super, super important thing. Like that just makes it easier to coordinate airstrikes and to move your troops around and to, you know, put in some other kind of silliness, like oh, I'm using it to hack the enemy's vehicles and whatever the hell you want to throw in there. But it's just, it's grown on me as just being such a fun little toy. And it's so simple. And yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I remember these things being everywhere when I was a kid and I was like, no, I looked at the pulverizer and I was like, no, you know, <laughs> Devastator, yes. <laughs> you know, Fang 2, yes. Red or Rat, still no. And then one day I saw it in a toy shop for 50 Rand. And I think it's that toy shop is an extension of that toy shop that you guys keep talking about in Cape Town. Um, the toy factory or toy something. something. Factory, factory toy, toy shop. shop. Factory oh, yeah. toy shop. There we go. I think it's an extension. Um, and I saw this thing in the window. It's the first time I ever went to Worldware. Um, and I just saw a radar rat in the window and I was like, oh my God, you know, like how much is this? And the lady was like 50 Rand. I'm like, yes, have you got more? <laughs> um, and <laughs> I kicked myself for not buying, they had, she had two Battletech robots there that day as well. And I kicked myself for not buying those because those were actually quite cool. I can't even remember which ones they were. I think one of them was black, but anyway, radar rat has just grown on me as being one of those toys. That's just, it makes sense actually. And it looks cool in a battlefield. And I, it's slowly grown on on me, but I think the nail in the coffin was definitely the Benelux catalog. <laughs> the nail in the coffin. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye, oh, you know. Goodbye, self-respect. I like the radar rat now. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Okay, it was the 1991 Benelux catalog, but what was the spread? What was it being used for? Dude, I can't remember. It was just in there. And I oh, was just like, oh, ah. shit, it's there. No, it wasn't the one with all the gyrocopters. Like, that was the RPV. Which also, mm. like, the Benelux Cadillac sh shone a, a, a golden light on that vehicle as well. Maybe... Hmm, the Arctic one with storm With the Arctic Blast. Bloody hell. I've got it in my hard drive somewhere. So talk amongst yourselves and I'll find it. Excellent. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't get me wrong, guys. I'm not going to go and sit here and convince everybody that you have to own a radar rat. It's just some one of those vehicles that has just grown on me. I mean, in a toy line that has, you know, amazing vehicles like the Bug and the Condor Havoc. and the Night Raven and the Havoc and the Sky Striker and the Tomahawk. You know, it's cool to know that there's something like a like a radar rat that still fits in with that sort of military theme. Um, it's not too crazy, not too out there, especially in the, because in that same toy line, you've also got the Coastal Defender and the Road Toad. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, like shit like that. Like it's kind of, yeah, the Radar Rat is really not the bottom of the pile and it is actually a cool toy. Um, also, while I've got a little bit of airtime, <laughs> um, this is my, my special mention. And this is something I didn't appreciate when I was a kid, and I totally, totally appreciate these right now. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about the figure stand. Oh my <laughs> the vintage figure stand. <laughs> Guys. Wow. Wow. Like, I, I remember did not when expect I was, to see this. Uh, I mean, David and I used to literally just like throw these all into a bag, you know, with the rest of the Joes. We never Same. cared about these things at all. It's probably why I still today have quite a few of them in various colors. Because I just threw them in my box of Lego. I was like, oh, 
true that I go put with you. You know, <laughs> I don't need you to hand. And like, thank God I did because I still got a few of them. But now these things are like hen's teeth. And why do I like these so much now? For all the reasons, for all the obvious reasons. It's nice to have stands to put your Joes on. It's nice to have a few different ones because obviously they've changed the size of the foot peg, um, like, you know, by millimeters or like half a millimeter over time. Um, and so it's good to have the variety on them. And also because the classified toys, and I'm so glad that after 35 classified toy releases, that Hasbro has finally decided they're going to be packing in stands for the new ones that they're releasing as new retro classified. I don't even know what the hell they're calling that line. But the bigger ones that they're releasing on the classic cards, they, they come with stands. Yay, thank you, Hasbro. Why mm -hmm. can't we just have stands with the normal release? Because classifieds without stands suck. They fall all the time. <laughs> they always fall. I, I, I'm literally in my studio. I've moved all the classified figures to, the, uh, to one of my shelves in my studio. And I went to the toilet. I mean, not that I want to go into too much detail, but I, uh, I closed the door. <laughs> and then I heard shattering. It was <laughs> earth shattering for my classified <laughs> figures. Because I heard like a kick, 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 kick sound. And I was like, what the hell? Jeez, that? Paul, what, just, what did you eat, like, dude? Yeah, no, that was, I mean, no, it was, it was crazy. Even Celia was like, what is that sound? And I'm like, well, it's not me shooting. <laughs> well, if you and then I came puts to... up with you after that, uh, you know it's love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but dude, yeah, yeah these, these classified figures need stands, and I appreciate stands so much. There we go, that's the image. What a wild I reason a whole bunch to, of need, uh, to need battle stands. Mm-hmm. Just so you guys know, on my banner image that I did for G.I. Joe when we, uh, for G.I. Joe book, when I did this, when we did this episode, I had so many fireflies in this image. I don't think people have even bothered to find them. They just looked so yeah. natural. But there it is. It's just, yeah, it's chilling there. It's like, hey. Mm -hmm. Hey. It's just so, cool. it's so useful. Wild. The, the occupant of your red or red should always be backblast, right? <coughs> just Absolutely. Gives them something else to do. Away. <laughs> Why does he also blast. make your classified collection fall over, Paul? Mm -hmm. <laughs> back blast. Uh, my dad took <laughs> a cheap shot at that guy. Well, the code name. My dad just he was back merciless. Backblast. Backblast. <laughs> back <laughs> Especially after some baked beans. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, bring us home, dude. You are the best. Here comes the best. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think originally goodness. So yeah, so back in the toy aisles as a kid, you're looking at all the cool toys, you see amazing figures. You see an amazing cool creepy looking insect guy with a claw on his arm and you're like, I want that figure, give me that guy. Um Frag Viper, by the way. Um I never owned a frag viper, unfortunately. Um, Looks like an ant. But at that point, I think also not only many G.I. Joes, I owned a lot of He-Man he figures and, and Thundercats figures, and they're all very violent oh, figures. Oh, the humanity. You know, <laughs> there's swords and there, there's crazy stuff going on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it all comes down to me not even being able to choose the figure I want. I can't get the creepy dude. Uh, my mother decided that I need to get, you know, the, the, the more wholesome looking guy, the guy who looks like, um, you know, 
he'd be your uncle or something. And, and I think I, 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 I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure I resented having to get that figure and one of the absolutely incredible and cool Cobra figures. Um, because I, my early collection is definitely made up of many Cobra figures. I think obviously she relented eventually and got me some, some cool looking Cobras. But yeah, so this, the figure that I think has grown on me the absolute most has become my favorite figure ever, but started out as probably one of my least favorites mm. is Scoop. It's it's amazing, but I always seem to Surprise. be able to bring every single <laughs> every single topic back to Scoop somehow. But yeah, I think if not the creepy looking insect dude, um, I'm sure there were a whole bunch of other figures on in that toy all that hours that were way more excited about than getting the yellow jumpsuited guy with a camera. Um, it shouldn't come as a surprise to me by now, but it still does. Yeah. <laughs> you did it again, Rob. You did it again. You, I did you it. You, you I managed to get it. I got brought around again. Back to this yeah. guy. But yeah, um, he's, he's, I mean, I, I, what else can I say about him anymore? I mean, he's just my absolute favorite. I own several versions of him. I'm getting sometime from from Postnet, I'm going to get a, another carded version of him. Mm. I'm very excited to see an, an, just another version of him to see like, like is there any what are there any differences? I mean, I suppose there won't be, but um, it's just incredible. Like that, he started out as a figure that I, I, and for certain, I did not want this guy. He he was boring as all hell. He comes with like an oversized pistol, um, and that's it. But his main equipment is this this camera. But he's yeah, he's obviously over the years he's grown on me, and he's become my absolute favorite figure ever in the world. But yeah, as a kid. Um, with all the options I had, he was definitely not my choice. And on my right. mother's birthday, uh, happy birthday, mom, and you're right. Yeah, this oh, is a great figure. Thank you, Linda. Oh. Rob, I'm curious. You've, figure. you've pictured your childhood one, which is great. I'm loving that. But how is his thumb holding up? Oh, his thumb is still great. Cracking. No, okay, no, it's still absolutely there. incredible. Yeah, I mean... Thankfully, his, his right, his left hand, I hardly ever put the gun in the hand because I think I didn't own the gun for most of his lifetime. Um, yeah, it, it disappeared. And then I found one in a parts bin at Deer Hunter, a sort of yeah, retro shop. and he finally managed to get his gun. So it's actually really only his right hand that ever saw any use. But no, it's still holding strong. He definitely holds onto that, onto the camera exceptionally well. Um, and we never had his microphone, so I just yeah, stuck a piece of like black stuck wire. Stuck a piece of black wire in there, and it mm -hmm. works so well. Um, I had to picture this one as well because this is literally the actual figure that that my mother bought me. Um, nice. Yeah, so scoop my my top favorite figure that I started out hating, but have come to love more than any other GI Joe out of all of them. Ever. I did not Ever. know that you started off hating it. That's incredible, man. Well, I mean, I've told, obviously told the story before. You know that she, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. non-violent character. But, like, but I thought maybe the attract the allure was immediate. Like you got it out of its package and you were like, I like this. But no, no was it a I slow burn? Okay. I think it was slow because he was one of my first Giant Joes. And yes. I had been so used to owning like He-Men um, and Thundercats figures. These like really big burly guys with swords and they could just crash through things. They were obvious heroes. Um, Scoop mm. is not an obvious hero. Uh, we didn't play obvious heroes initially. Do you remember, Rob? Like our, our very initial games when we first got to know each other were very much like anti-hero types. 
we were yeah. using Cobra figures typically as like T1000s and T800s. Yeah. It's also because um, my majority of my collection was Cobra stuff because I, you it, I had an affinity for to the look. Yeah, Target and Annihilator. Because mm. they're so sci-fi, you know. Then, but... then what was the turning point for Scoop, particularly? I think it's like as over the years, I just got more into movies, and I just appreciated that he, his function is beyond the battlefield. You know, it's not, he's not just a fighter. He's he's recording what's going on, and what he's doing is more than just fighting. It's it's providing information that's needed to be able to win the battle more than just ah, shooting things. The story know? I'm going to stick to is the one that Alistair would no doubt back me up on, and that's you just were trolling us. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> we are trying to take this very heavily fortified position, like arm up, so we each take our most like frontline looking G.I. Joe, arm him <laughs> to the teeth. And what do you do? You pick scoop with a freaking camera, no gun. Like, what the hell, Rob? How's that going to help us? But, it's going to make it easier to make jokes. <laughs> if I'm if I'm honest, I think the reason you settled on scoop had a lot to do with the fact that, like, I owned the majority of our GI Joe toys, oh, and sure. like, you would use my stuff, but you wouldn't want to use my stuff as your main. So yeah. you had a a small pool to choose from when it came to like your protagonist and scoop was like one of your very few like hero characters he had a removable helmet you could see his face uh he wasn't a cobra so like scoop became a natural choice for you because of necessity you didn't want to take one of my figures and make him like the figure that you'd play with most often get the most mileage out of absolutely I was weird like that. I just wanted to play with my own toys, but I enjoyed playing with yours, but I didn't, yeah. And I you didn't want them to be your main. You didn't want you know? to make that your most used toy and yeah, hand me so back a toy that had loose joints. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Thanks for Thanks really You lost his accessories. <laughs> you owe me one rock and roll, one DJ, one recoil piano. No, I wasn't going to be like that. But, but it was an unwritten rule, I, I guess, that like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> dial the clocks back and i was bloody toy nazi Sheffield, <laughs> return my toys to me in, in the, the same condition same condition <laughs> that i signed them off to you yeah no. yeah david was the same i probably no there was a moment where i became that guy where i started freaking out a little bit and it was when i got a little bit older but like back in the day man the neighborhood kids were always at my house like, just having yeah. fun having good but that's times. why you became yeah. like that though i suppose look breaks were not as frequent as you might think i think everyone was quite respectful but like man if i had a time capsule and or time machine was able to like peer back and just observe the way everyone was playing with my stuff like like taking guys and dragging them across the bricks just things like that that make my skin <laughs> crawl now Oh, I'd be fascinating, but that perhaps oh, is a I topic for another day. I yeah, I lost a gun, the and it went down the down the hole. I just pushed the like no the gigantic gun. handle gun into the, the the fist of a figure that has way too tight grip. I mean, like stuff like that, that freak me out now. Back then, we just we were I still, I still like maintain that the the integrity of the plastic was better when we were kids. Like I feel like oh, without a doubt. 
we didn't break the thumbs as easily as kids. But I, even I don't so, like people would do stupid things, like oh, trying yeah. to like put the the hand of an action figure on the roll bar of a vamp, for instance. Forget it. Oh, Not yeah. gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> your spatial awareness sucks. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> or your your just understanding of like the tolerances of that hard plastic sucks. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of kind of. I don't know, engineering acumen that you need to play with the, an O-ring G.I. Joe. Anyways, so, guys, this has been a fascinating tell-all. Uh, I hope anyone listening to this will jump into the YouTube comments section and throw up their top five toys that have kind of please do. had an uptick in their popularity uh, yeah, after getting see. them. I hope yeah, because, which, which because that could well be featured in an episode of G.I. Joeberg in what? my favorite section. Rob picks a comment. <laughs> and I've also Rob got a question comment. for G.I. Joeberg as well after that. So, hey. That's why. Well, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> so in 245, we, we presented our Operation Recall um, figures. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people said that the figures that they wish that they, they could have seen in the G.I. Joe line. And keeping in in, uh, in spirit, at least with with what uh, I revealed today, with Big Boro being one of my favorites, uh, I have to agree with Evan Classified when he says, "I know it can't be done, but I always wanted an official Rocky GI Joe figure. It's just a dream." I have to absolutely agree with that. I think a Rocky figure would have been absolutely amazing. I mean, it's it's weird for a guy who doesn't like most sports, but I absolutely adore the Rocky movies. Um, so my absolute favorite films ever i think um that aren't like by stanley kubrick or <laughs> michael bay <laughs> now you would take um, a rocky over say a rambo i think so Ooh. i think a rocky would fit in a lot more i think rambo is, is to himself like he's he's a team to himself mm. um so i think a, a rocky would fit in much nicer especially as like a celebrity figure in in the joe line you could add him in there so much easier. I mean, like we have like football guys in the Joe line. I mean, come on, add add an actual <laughs> boxer for someone to, for Big Bo to fight. Yeah, Can well, you imagine a comic book Big Bo versus Rocky? I mean, that would be so brilliant. But I, I think that was the plan, though. That was always the plan that it was made. I'm sure they had intended on doing something, Rocky or because... Rambo or something, because yeah. No, there was a whole thing. I I know if you dig. Oh deeper, yeah, look, it was in the the, yeah. the 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 files. The the year was it a yearbook? No, it was the order of battle. There was the entry on Rocky Balboa, and then there was a retraction, uh, saying that unfortunately Rocky cannot be a member of the GI Joe team. So yeah, <sighs> absolutely, it was, it was going so to close. happen. It was so close. And it was to a, a rights issue with uh, another toy company, but. Whatever. I don't know the details off by heart at least. But still, I, I absolutely agree with Evan. Like a Rocky figure would have been so cool as a G.I. Joe. And also mm. like uh what's his face? Uh the the bad guy from Rocky three or Rocky Four, um uh Dolph Lundgren's character. Tim oh, Drago. he'd be a fantastic villain as well. Yeah. Dig that as a figure. Mr. T as well would have been a cool one. Club yeah. Lang. Yeah, just Club Lang. Let's make all of them. Oh Drake Drake Drago? Drago. Yeah. Drago. Drago. Something. Drago. Something. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I like another... the... No, no. I was, I was going to say, I liked Rocky so much that when they produced Rocky figures for some other line, I was very close to buying them. I think they were Necker or, or something else. I was oh, very shit, close yeah. to just getting all of those Rocky figures because they were so good. 
they're and actually they very out, well made. They put out a meat, like a just I think so. on, a, on a bubble on a card. Uh-huh. It was a piece <laughs> of meat <laughs> for Brocky to punch. Oh, that was a bold move. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, give that a, a round of applause. That was very, very bold. Well, well played, toy industry. Well played. Here's a lump of plastic. So, well, we uh, got an item in the our post box, the pit, over this past week. Ooh, um, oh my goodness! Dustin Cordish might have missed the cutoff for our designer Joe, but he didn't miss the cutoff for uh, Operation Recall. I think that only ends midway through May. Thirty-first so of May. You, Oh, end of May. Okay. So yeah, he's um, got a I've character called Samson, who Ooh, he gave us an I illustration of. Fantastic. Yes, very, very accurate. I mean, this illustration that Dustin has done of this figure is, is an O-ring figure. He's uh, definitely he, took inspiration from my boom figure um, picture, <laughs> I think. Rivets sure. and joint lines et al. Um, like it, stuff like this makes me think, well, all of the work is cut out for, or not cut out, it's it's all done already. Mm. Like, what exactly do the former designers, writers, marketers, illustrators of Hasbro have to do in Operation Recall? Give it a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, basically, green-lighted. His codename is Solomon, uh, file name William D. Straker, and his primary specialty is unconventional intelligence gathering. Uh, oh. But my favorite little excerpt comes right at the end gives us the, the, the reason for his, his code name. Some of the team members refer to him as a warrior monk or spooky commando, but he prefers his code name, inspired by the Jewish prophet Solomon. Not in any way does he feel a sense of, of self-importance, but the hope is that he can use the wise king's life as an example <laughs> for his own. Yeah, nice little bit of insight there and fantastic file card writing. Basically, this guy is designed as the answer to or gi joe's answer to crystal ball okay ah. that's cool. yeah. yeah yeah nice it's very niche and well-designed figure man Much looks good yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah thank you for that dustin you, you better submit it dustin yeah i think no, it's I also the you. niche niche ones that are more interesting have yeah. you it's, boys it's... submitted i haven't yet i'm nearly finished with my third drawings <laughs> I've, I've got a plan on how no like I'm, I, I pity I you I've Paul got... because you represent that that urge in me to like neaten everything up and make it nice but actually that's their job our job is yeah. to like submit these really crude rudimentary like a 13 year old could have could have put it together presentations that are incomplete in places all, I, you know, I know like, I know and I, I wish yeah. you well I'm interested to see what approaches really work I hope they mm. they show off the process, just like they did with Rotello, um, Carson's custom, because they're better. Well, well I want to see thing, what right? submissions get the favor of the guys. But yeah, knowing Carson, it probably will be so well documented and up on Three D Joe's um, in all its glory. The whole process. So yeah, my, oh, what excitement! My thing is like not to sound too, you know, like, hey, I'm the best coach in you know, basketball and like let's win, let's get the right message out there, whatever. But like seriously, <laughs> I don't I'm not like worried about one of my toys being made. What I mean by that is like I'm enjoying the excitement that is the journey of this. And that's why I'm saying I, I know it sounds like hokey, but I kind of feel like, hey, this is a great opportunity. It's kind of in a lot of ways, it's a once in a lifetime. 
you know, opportunity, or at least it's the first know, time it's happening. It, it is. It is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, I can assure you. And and that's the thing. And I'd like to just do it right. Um, and I'm not going to be. I'm not doing it perfectly, but I'm just. I just want to do it right so that I know that whether I get it or not, I put my best foot forward. And I hope that when they receive it, it's entertaining for them. Like they look at it and they go, oh, this is actually a really fun concept, really like this. And that, you know, it actually does take 15 or 20 minutes or maybe an hour or two hours of their lives where they've like really taken this character, put it on a short list and thought about it that far and, and taken it, you know, close to where it needs to go. And then ultimately they've decided it, whether it's greenlit or not. But I just want it to be fun for them. You know, like I want it to be a great experience for the for the team. That's kind of my thing, and that's maybe something I wish to ma uh, to impart on everybody else that's like putting your stuff out there. Like, try not to think of the finish line so much as just making a cool toy, a toy that you would like to play with and that you think other people would find as exciting. You know, namely the the gentlemen that are looking at it. You know, like you know, you have to find that balance, I suppose, between you know, you're not trying to people please. You're trying to make something that's fun. And, you know, but make it a cool experience, you know, make it something that's fun, not only as a toy form, but as a entry. Anyway, <laughs> enough of that, Paul. Um, but yes, I'm totally entering. I've got my one sheet done. It's, uh, it's ready. Um, so I just want to get my other two. My other one is like 70%. And then my third one is nowhere near being complete. So that would be my Finish third one. Your... I'm saving flesh, a flesh wound for last. Um, and yeah. And while I've got the mic... Uh, <laughs> Mola Joe asks, specifically aimed at Rob and myself, are we going to open those carded Joes that he sent us? Do we have any plans to open them? Oh, I'm so definitely going to open the Hydra of Mike then. Um, oh, probably oh, the really? Scoop, I probably won't. Scoop, I'm okay. going to keep. Because okay, I have cool, two man. open Scoops, so I don't want to open another one. So I think just the, the thought of having two open Scoops and two closed Scoops is absolutely amazing to me you, know, you got to keep it balanced okay nice yeah, i thought i still had images hydro viper um, for sure i'm gonna do it for sure <laughs> he's coming <laughs> right out and i'm gonna throw him right into the toilet he's gonna have a great time diving <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not the toilet that paul shattered the earth over Yes, no, that uh, took down my classified collection <laughs> but then they fell flat <laughs> Guys, I think Blast. that's our show. As always, we thank our Patreon, Bergforce. Oh, yeah, thank indeed. you, boys and girls, for keeping them and undisclosed. Uh, for, <laughs> for keeping the lights burning at G.I. Joe Berg HQ. You're awesome. Absolutely appreciate If you want to join the Bergforce, we have a Patreon. You can watch or listen or whatever you choose uh, to this podcast live or catch it on the replay 24 hours before it goes out to the public. Or just continue to support us by listening, subscribing, sharing, telling a friend. Hey, you know, those those South African guys actually have some fun things to say about G.I. Joe. You should listen to this oh, show yeah. sometime. Mm, mm. They're pretty funny. Uh, it always helps. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, I don't know, I feel this is maybe a little bit prescient, but uh, I kind of feel like the next episode should be which G.I. Joe's aged poorly? Why? Which G.I. Joe toys? You giving it away already? Well, I can tell you right now that I've become the proud owner of a swamp fire and two, in fact. Thank you, Mr. Sweeney. Uh, and uh, it's just as mediocre as I ever thought it was. <laughs> well, there's a nice preview for episode 247 for everyone who listened to the end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
you criminals. I'll catch you both next week, and uh, you'll catch us all next week. Thank you for listening, watching, subscribing, sharing. Thank you for dropping down at the comments section and giving us your top five lukewarm and then piping hot, smoking hot uh, toys. So good. And thanks to the Berg Force currently in the chats. Hell yeah, dudes. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Gaz, Bob was there. Ryan, I caught you at one point. Awesome. Thanks, brothers. This never works. Because there's a delay. We're never in sync. We might not be in sync, but it's time to say bye bye bye. Scared people off from listening to this episode, but probably scared people off from ever listening to us ever again. So, hell yeah! Bye, boys. Bye.